Hare Krishna, Vanchakalpa Trubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhyevacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha. So welcome to our reading of uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, study really of Srimad Bhagavatam. This is where it's beginning with the first canto again. Canto 1, Chapter 1, Questions by the Sages at Naimisharanya Forest. We've done <coughs> the first three verses, which are the prelude, and the narration begins with text four, and we did that last time, so now we're up to text number five. First we'll say like this, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. In text four, once in a holy place in the forest of Naimisharanya, great sages headed by the sage Shonaka assembled to perform a great thousand-year sacrifice for the satisfaction of the Lord and his devotees. And we talked about the word uh, animisha shetre. Uh, the word animisha, with unblinking eyes. Uh, all the gods have unblinking eyes, but Vishnu is referred to here. This is the place of Vishnu. Uh, and so that we now have the sages assembled there, uh, and especially for people in Kali Yuga. Things are going to get rough, as you may have noticed. And uh, so they wanted to help out. So in text 5 now, which we are up to 5, in this text the sages now elevate uh, Sri, Sri Sutta Goswami to the seat of honor, the Vyasasana. Uh, text 5 goes like this. Ekadatu munaya pratarhuta hutagnaya satkritam sutabasinam prapachur idamadarat. One day, after finishing their morning duties by burning a sacrificial fire, and offering a seat of esteem to Srila Sutta Goswami, the great sages made inquiries with great respect about the following matters. Uh, so, uh, 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 it's, uh, the Sanskrit is actually te ekada, because of Sandhi rules, te the sages ekada, once upon a time, one day, these uh, sages, who Munayaha, sages and Munis in plural, uh, one morning, and then it says, Pratarhuta uh, Hutagnayaha. Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's purport is just a comment on this phrase, Huta Hutagnayaha Munayaha. He says it means sages, the sages who had offered oblations, huta, into the sacrificial fires, hutagnayaha. Uh, 
the Munis. So these Munis, they, they are, and so when he writes in the purport, he puts the Huta Hutagnayaha Munayaha, the Munis, who are the Huta is, 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 is an oblation into a fire. And so the, the fire is uh, the sacrificial fire, Huta Agnayaha. It's not an ordinary fire, it's a Huta Agnaya. Uh, sacrificial fire for so they had done that. That's his whole purport, just to explain that. Uh, the, and then they uh, satkritam. Uh, Prabhupada translates it: "Do respect." They put him on. I, I invited him to the seat with uh, satkritam. Uh, the word uh, uh, satkrita. Uh, in the dictionary is to uh, uh, to show reverence, to pay respect, and so on. Uh, sat krita, making krit, making uh, krit is making sat. <laughs> so sat is of course to set right, be in order, proper, and so on. To treat, and then sat means just by itself to treat well or with respect, honor to treat or receive hospitably, just sat by itself. So satkrit, oh, excuse me, it's not sat by itself, but the word in the dictionary is satkri, and so satkritam, uh, the, 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 yeah, that's what they did. Uh, so they, they, they showed him due respect and reverence. Now, uh, uh, there is a, a purport for this verse by Srila Prabhupada. Let me use my screen here, it's easier. Um, he says, Morning is the best time to hold spiritual services. The great sages offered the speaker of the Bhagavatam an elevated seat of respect called the Vyasasana, or the seat of Sri Vyasadev. Now remember, by the way, that this Bhagavatam is this this part of Bhagavatam Prabhupada wrote before he came to the West. <clears throat> so he is assuming nobody knows anything. <laughs> so he explains everything very carefully in the beginning. Huh? So this Vyasasana, uh, the seat of Vyas. Uh, and so in the temple, the, of course, this, the, there's a seat for the speaker, an elevated seat for the guru and whoever the speaker is. So he explains why it's called that speaker. It's called a Vyasasana. Sri Vyasadeva is the original spiritual preceptor for all men. And all other preceptors are considered to be his representatives. A representative is one who can exactly present the viewpoint of Sri Vyasadeva. So this is the theme that Prabhupada elaborates on in the beginning that you have to follow the 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 the, origin, the, the, the predecessors, you know. Prabhupada says uh, somewhere, no additional meaning should be screwed out of the text. Uh, 
Because if you go to school, they always try, you try to find something clever that nobody's noticed, but here you're supposed to follow. So this is the representative. To, to represent means to present all over again. So it means being faithful to the tradition of representative as one who can exactly present the viewpoint of Srila Vyasadeva. Srila Vyasadeva impregnated the message of the Bhagavatam unto Srila Sukadeva Goswami. Notice how he uses that word impregnated. <laughs> uh, something living <laughs> was transmitted. So he impregnated the message of the Bhagavatam unto Srila Sukadeva Goswami and Sri. Sutta Goswami heard it from him, Srila Sri Sukadeva Goswami. All bona fide representatives of Sri Vyasadeva in the chain of disciplic succession are to, to be understood as are to be understood as are to be understood to be Goswamis. These Goswamis restrain all their senses and they stick to the path made by the previous Acharyas. Uh, the word Go, the Swami means a master, and so Go, sometimes it's the master of cows. <laughs> it was the title of somebody who had a lot of cows, but here it also, the Go is indicating. Uh, 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 senses. So the Goswamis restrain all their senses and they stick to the path made by the previous Acharyas. The Goswamis do not deliver lectures on the Bhagavatam capriciously, that is whimsically or whatever strikes you at the moment or whatever is your new invention. Rather, they execute their services most carefully, following their predecessors who delivered the spiritual message unbroken to them. And throughout this first chapter, this theme will be elaborated on by, by Srila Prabhupada. This idea of hearing, uh, realizing the message when it comes out, it may be inflected with your own particular personality and realizations, but it'll be also completely faithful. And so, he'd, and how is that possible to actually do what Prabhupada says, to repeat exactly what, no changing, no additional, no meaning screwed out of it. And so, therefore, it requires this training uh, uh, of discipleship that it you take it in faithfully, it become, becomes your own realized knowledge. Realize, when Prabhupada says realize knowledge, it means experience knowledge. There's direct perception. Pratyaksha avagamam dharmam. It gives us direct perception. So there's realized knowledge. And in the beginning, you know, Prabhupada just said, just repeat what you have heard. So in the beginning, you may have to just, you know, memorize the words and repeat them. And then gradually, as it sinks in and, and 
begins to potently change our own mentality, uh, evacuating the modes of passion and ignorance. Uh, suddenly you'll be able to speak it in your own language sometimes, your own words. Not exactly the same, but faithful. Uh, the Goswamis do not deliver lectures on the Bhagavatam capriciously. Rather, they execute their services most carefully, following their predecessors who deliver the spiritual message unbroken to them. When I first heard this, I remembered something a lot of us used to hear. We do this game where, where I forgot the name, telephone the telephone game, right? Somebody whispers something into one, one class person's ear, and that person whispers the next and whisper the next, and then by the time it comes to the end, it's all different, just to illustrate that you shouldn't trust this process. <laughs> and I, one thinks of this, so, but we're just not regular people if we're in this disciplic succession. We're training ourselves to be faithful and at the same time to, to make it our own. It's not just like you're a tape recorder either. Yeah. Uh, one last paragraph in the purport. Those who listen to the Bhagavatam may put questions to the speaker in order to elicit the clear meaning, but this should not be done in a challenging spirit. One, should, must, one must submit questions with great regard for the speaker and the subject matter. This is also the way recommended in the Bhagavad Gita. One must learn the trend, transcendental subject by submissive aural reception from the right source. Therefore, these sages address the speaker, Sutta Goswami, with great respect. Mm -hmm. So this is where you get this uh, submissive aural reception. You notice that A-U-R-R -R, through the ears, not oral, but aural. Uh, two different uh, places, the mouth and the ears, submissive aural reception. You hear, uh, you make it own, and that's why uh, to gain transcendental knowledge we also follow the four regulative principles. And these, as I like to stress these days, these principles are not to be thinking uh, thought of as merely moral principles, but are principles of knowledge. By those principles, the mode of goodness becomes prominent, and then you can start to be aware of many, many things that people in the mode of passion, in the mode of ignorance or mixtures, don't know much about. Our standard of advancement in our culture in the West is the standard of the mode of passion. And uh, uh, that's not trustworthy for knowledge. And, and the idea of, it used to be, you know, all teachers in the beginning, at least in the West, you know, the, who were the teachers? It was the clergy. That's what they did. They taught schools. 
they, 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 that was part of their, their dharma, was, 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 was to do that. And that was, that was the way it was in those days. Graduation gowns that we nowadays wear are monks' robes originally. <laughs> so we used to be more in line with that way of thinking, but that's all over now, except we're trying to bring it back. <laughs> okay, so that's... Uh, that's uh, uh, text five. Now, in uh, text six, uh, now the, the six, seven, and eight, uh, the, as you can see with six, Rishaya Uchaha, the, the Rishis, the sages, here's the plural, Rishaya, the sages said. So this is the sages speaking, uh, responding to Sutta Goswami. So in 6, 7, and 8, now we're going to hear the sages extol Sutta Goswami's uh, exceptional qualifications. So, Rishaya Uchuhu Tvaya Kalu Puranani Setihasani Chagnagaha Excuse me, Chanaga Akyat Akyatanyapyaditani Dharma Shastrani Yanyutta. The translation is The sages said, Respected Sutta Goswami, you are completely free from all vice. You are well versed in all the scriptures, famous for religious life and in the Puranas and the histories as well, for you have gone through them under proper guidance and have also explained them. Uh, Swami has a slightly different translation. The sages said, O sinless sutta, Certainly you have not only studied, but also explained the Puranas and the Dharma Shastras along with histories such as Mahabharata. Uh, it's a little different because he follows the commentary of Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur. So, uh, uh, so the sages, Rishaya, they said this by you, undoubtedly. Uh, and then what has he studied uh, and explained? Uh, two things, Akyatani, uh, Api Aditani. You are the, these two things are there. You are uh, well read, Aditani, <laughs> uh, and You've also explained, and here's the list of there, the Puranas, which in the word for word, the uh, supplements to the Vedas with illustrative narrations. Uh, the Puranas, 
sa along with itihasani along with the histories itihasa is one one uh, collection of uh, one one group of uh, of uh, shastras and that's why he says with histories such as the mahabharata uh, it uh, itihasa means thus it happened so the mahabharata is considered itihasa a history the other itihasa, there are only two that I know of, the Ramayana is considered an itihasa. Uh, the Sanskrit uh, in, the, in, the, in, in the itihasas is simple compared to the, like the Bhagavatam, for example, and even more complicated. It's very simple Sanskrit. I mean, you can read the Bhagavad Gita after a year of university Sanskrit, almost, uh, uh, class. It's it's very very simple. And the Mahabharata is the same way, and it, because it's in that, the Mahabharata uh, is a very interesting thing that it, it it was it was kind of put there to attract people with really interesting stories and heartbreak and narration. But in the middle, there's the Bhagavad Gita, that's 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 spoken there. Uh, and and the Bhagavad, I mean, amazing the amount of spiritual knowledge in the Bhagavad Gita. And uh, so that's of course excerpted and is presented on its own, but it's 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 actually one section uh, of the Mahabharata. And similarly, the Ramayana is is very uh, simple Sanskrit, the story of Lord Ramachandra and Sita and so on. Uh, so those are the the itihasas, and that's why he says, along with histories such as the Mahabharata. The Puranas, Puranani, uh, and the Itihasas. Uh, you are well versed in all the scriptures, uh, famous for religious life, the Dharma Shastranis, the scriptures uh, that teach Dharma. Uh, dire right directions for progressive life. You notice how that's in the word for word. Uh, the Dharma Shastra tells you how to, to be a Brahmana, how to be a Kshatriya, how to be... It really is prescriptions for everything, so you make all spiritual advancement. Uh, uh, so th this is uh, uh, what it says there. So here's Srila uh, Prabhupada's purport. Um, I put my glasses on to read this book. Did we read the purport already? No. No, okay. Yeah, okay. Richard, okay. Look at it. Uh, so again, in the text of the sages said, Respected Sutra Goswami, you are completely free from all vice. You are well versed in all religious scriptures, the Puranas and histories, for you have gone through them under proper guidance and have also explained them. So now Prabhupada says, A Goswami, or bona fide representative of Srila Vyasadeva, must be free from all kinds of vices. The four major vices of Kali Yuga are, one, illicit connection with women. Two, 
animal slaughter. Three, intoxication. Four, speculative gambling of all sorts. A Goswami must be free from all these vices before he can dare sit on the Vyasasana. No one should be allowed to sit on the Vyasasana who is not spotless in character and who is not freed from the above-mentioned vices. He should not only be freed from all such vices, but he must also be well-versed in the revealed scriptures or the Vedas. The Puranas are also part of the Vedas. And histories like the Mahabharata or Ramayana, that's where he mentions that this is also their history, are also part of the Vedas. The Acharya or the Goswami must be well acquainted with all these literatures. To hear and explain them is more important than reading them. One can only assimilate the knowledge of the revealed scriptures by hearing and explaining. Hearing is, also, is called shravana, and explaining is called kirtana. The two processes of shravana and kirtana are of primary importance to progressive spiritual life. Only one who has properly grasped the transcendental knowledge from the right source by submissive hearing can properly explain the subject. So you can see how right off Prabhupada introduces this whole culture. Uh, and uh, part of the learning process, even in the days of one-room schoolhouses, uh, older children would teach the younger children. And if you, you read in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, that was the pedagogical me method uh, that was used in Lord Chaitanya's time. Uh, in the school, the older students would always teach the younger students. Because that way, if you have to explain it, first of all, if you know you're going to have to teach it, you're going to really pay attention. And somebody's there to make sure you don't make a mistake. Uh, so you really are careful. And then because you teach it, you make it your own. This is, this is the pedagogical method. The Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, you know, this, but this is the standard pedagogical method. I mean, I really spent some time learning about that, that style of, of teaching during Lord Chaitanya's time because I was thinking of, you know, we, sh we should understand Lord Chaitanya as a teacher because he was a teacher. He was Nadia during his time because of Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya actually was the prime place for learning in, in, in India, or at least in, except for the South Indian. But anyway, that, that part of India, that, that was really, and he, he was the one that, that had done it because he had studied in, in, in uh, uh, logic from a teacher who wouldn't let anybody have any notes or take notes or see the text. And then he memorized the whole thing and went back and 
and, and taught it just by memory. So that also makes your memory very sharp if you start like this. So th this, is, this is the standard pedagogical uh, method. And, and you also have to remember that uh, writing, writing things down, uh, is not a sign of advancement. It's a sign of decline. The reason things are written down is because memories are bad. That's why Vyas is doing all this, because he knows Kali Yuga is beginning. People's memories are going to get worse and worse. And so we have to commit this stuff to writing, to put it down so that people can, can keep it. Otherwise, they'll forget or get mixed up and, and things like that. So the, 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 the fantasy, the, 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 the myth of modern civilization is the myth of progress. And that writing is a sign of the advancement of civilization and not the opposite. And people knew this, not, not just in Vedic culture, but, but in Plato's dialogues, Socrates is complaining about writing and how people don't really assimilate things very well anymore because of writing. It's, it's not, not really uh, good for actually uh, absorbing the subject matter. And, and you just go get over the surface, skate over the surface of things rather than get in the depths because of writing. So that he doesn't like it. So people knew that. But because memories are in Kali Yuga are so bad now, you, you, you write it down. And then, you know, so, so you, uh, you have a, a fire destroy a library. I mean, the whole library in Alexandria is tons and tons of ancient works are never lost because of this big fire in, in, in Egypt. And, you know, maybe some star explodes somewhere and there's a microwave burst and it knocks out all our electronics. Where are we going to be? We don't know anything. <laughs> Looking for books. <laughs> Remember books? <laughs> So uh, anyway, uh, this this is this this idea of uh, of progress as well. So uh, is our, our our myth that very. I mean, we just drink it in with our mother's milk. So, but it's it's wrong. And so Vyas wrote this down, and and now we're getting the instructions. We're using books because what what else can you do? And but. Prabhupada also wanted to make sure these books were part of something else, an International Society for Krishna Consciousness, where people had to be trained to become the actual recipients of this knowledge and uh, to teach it also. That's, that's what he did. Uh, uh, so this is, this Shravanam and Kit, this is, and so Prabhupada tells right now, and he also tells uh, that you have to be spotless in character, free from, but why is that? What do I know? You know, there's so many scientists who turned out to be total creeps when it came to their personal life, you know, nasty people. Is that okay? Yeah, what's, your, what, what's, what's done with your work? Well, we're blowing up cities and we're <laughs> having guided missiles and <laughs> not so good. Not so good. It's used for evil. Uh, 
So this is Prabhupada explaining right from the beginning. And, you know, you can start to see that Prabhupada is talking about... Uh, uh, about uh, about uh, about us, so this is uh, really important right from the beginning that we uh, get that. Maybe wait one more verse here, okay? I catch everything on that one. Uh, this gets a little complicated in some ways because, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, when Vishnu Chakravarti, he does seven and eight together as one verse. What Prabhupada does it as two. But uh, so but we'll do it separately, of course. Uh, so text seven. Yani Veda Vidam Sreshto Bhagavan Bharadayanaha Anyecha munaya suta paravara vidu viduhu. Excuse me. Being the eldest learned Vedantist, O Sutta Goswami, you are acquainted with the knowledge of Vyasadeva, who is the incarnation of Godhead, and you also know other sages who are fully versed in all kinds of physical and metaphysical knowledge. Hmm? Uh, so, uh, uh, the, the, yeah, so, uh, Veda Vidam, the, the Veda Vit, uh, this is Veda Vit Vidam Tekritevachaham, Veda Vit, those, and here is in the plural, those scholars of the Vedas. Uh, uh, so he, he, who are Shrestha, Shrestha means old and therefore senior most or wide, the best. Uh, uh, and that best person is Bhagavan Bhadarayanaha. Uh, uh, Vyasadeva, who's Bhagavan. And here, Prabhupada translates that as the incarnation of Godhead. Is, and Bhagavan can actually be any lordly person, but, but here it's the, the Lord himself. Uh, and also uh, Anye, uh, others, other sages. And then uh, you are one who, who, uh, who, who knows these things and those sages who are paravaravida, the learned scholars who are conversant with physical and metaphysical knowledge. Now the word paravara literally just means uh, distant and nearby, earlier and later, prior and subsequent, higher and lower, and, uh, but uh, <laughs> this translation of physical and metaphysical, uh, uh, is, uh, comes from actually, um, 
If you look up the word physical, uh, the word physical originally refers to material nature, uh, the phenomenal universe perceived by the senses. Uh, and this comes from uh, and the word metaphysical, these are, these are, this is from Aristotle, because Aristotle had, had a work where he discussed things like the four causation, uh, the, 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 the material cause of something, the efficient cause, the formal cause, the final cause. The material, a pot is, is, is matter, so the clay is the material cause. The formal, the, the efficient cause, the potter. The formal cause is his idea of the pot that he has in his head, the, that notion of this form. And then the final cause, what is the pot is being used for. Those are the four causes. That's, that's the kind of thing that's in Aristotle. And he called that uh, physical. And then he had another book called uh, for, for, uh, Things After the, the Next Book, he called Metaphysical. And that only meant after the physics, after the, that book. The, uh, and that sort of talked about bigger cosmological things. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean higher, abstruse stuff, but that, that, that was, that's where the word metaphysical comes from. Uh, uh, and so... Uh, Anyway, so, so when, when Prabhupada is using it, it's sort of in an old-fashioned sense of, of this physical and, and, and metaphysical, higher and lower, and, and, uh, and uh, so on, uh, like that, physical and metaphysical knowledge. Uh, that's what that means. Um, Uh, so Prabhupada's purport here, he says, uh, Srimad Bhagavatam is a natural commentation on the Brahma Sutra or the Bhadarayani Vedanta Sutras. It is called natural because Vyasadeva is the author of both the Vedanta Sutras and Srimad Bhagavatam or the essence of all Vedic literatures. Now, you know, the, another thing because of the memory, that's why the sutras were there, so you could condense meaning in, into the shortest possible form. That, that's for mnemonic purposes, being able to remember them. Uh, and therefore, you would memorize the whole thing and then learn how to unpack it and what it meant the sutras was there in the grammar. The for every every you know, for for architecture, there were all sutras. Everything were these sutras, so you could carry this condensed library. So this Brahma Sutra or Vedanta Sutra, uh, uh, and and there are commentaries. I mean, be, because we considered Bhagavatam, as Prabhupada says here, the natural commentation on the Vedanta Sutras, the Brahma Sutras. That's why 
our school of thought uh, traditionally did not have a commentary on the Vedanta Sutras and, and, and until uh, until um, what's his name? Baladevi Baladevijabhushana made it. So it's fairly late that he did one. And because we didn't need one, and then there was a kind of controversy whether we were really a school, and so uh, he 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 wrote a commentary uh, on the Vedanta Sutra, uh, and uh, and it's a, it's a very good commentary. But we didn't think we needed one because because the Bhagavatam was the natural commentation. That's what Prabhupada says here because it's by the same person. And he's really explaining what's 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 in the Vedanta Sutra. But the Vedanta, Vedanta deals with the, the the higher level of the Ved, the end of the Vedas, what the what the ultimate meaning of the Vedas is, and it has to do with liberation uh, and understanding, uh, you know, the cause of all causes and everything. This is metaphysical, uh, if you you want to call it that. So that's that's why. Uh, that it's this we're Prabhupada's this natural commentation that's our tradition, although we do have one now. You know. uh, it goes on. Besides Vyasadeva, there are other sages who are the authors of six different philosophical systems, namely Gotama, Kanada, Kapila, Pantanjali, uh, Jaimini, and Astavakra. Uh, theism is explained completely in the Vedanta Sutra, whereas in other systems of philosophical speculation, practically no mention is given of the ultimate cause of all causes. One can sit on the Vyasasana only after being conversant in all systems of philosophy so that one can present fully the theistic view of the Bhagavatam in defiance of all other systems. Prabhupada was typically combative. <laughs> he liked debate. Uh, Srila Sutta Goswami was the proper teacher, and therefore the sages at Naimisharanya elevated him to the Vyasasana. Srila Vyasadeva is designated herein as the personality of Godhead because he is the authorized, empowered incarnation. Yeah, Vyasa is a Shaktyavesh avatar. He's an avatar, one who descends, but he's not Vishnu Tattva. Uh, uh, but he's empowered to act with a Shaktyavesh avatar, one uh, who's not, not God, but is empowered in some way with one of God's potencies to do, to do certain things. So that's uh, Vyasa Dev. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, I tell you what, because, because seven eight are done together, we'll do that next week with uh, with what done together by uh, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. We'll we'll do that together uh, uh, when we do when we after we do eight. Um, Anyway, yeah, so we'll, the natural place to stop and see if there's anything more. Before I get to some of the other questions, I'll jump in real quick. Uh, early on when you were mentioning the telephone game, 
I always thought that, well, first off, we played that game a lot when I was in like elementary school. <laughs> but there was always kind of a moral to the story. I mean, it was a fun game to play, but uh-huh. then there was the moral to it of, of, of um, you know, the the downside of whole well, the the negativity of gossip, right? Mm-hmm. Of, That's of how right. Sure. Can be spread. But I always thought it would be better off, and it would actually be a fun exercise in some sort of preaching environment to play the telephone game one time, you know, get a good laugh out of it, and then, and then turn it around again and actually have one person as the speaker really understanding a particular sentence or something, telling the next person, making sure that next person really understands yeah, it, uh-huh. and so on and so forth, going down the line and really being careful that the speaker is speaking correctly and the hearer is hearing mm-hmm. correctly, and then the end result, you know, being mm-hmm. that the sentence is in fact translated through people accurately. So just <laughs> comment on that. Would be nice. Um, a few questions down the pipe here. One quick second to get to all these. Kendra Prabhu, he um, asks, he says, he quotes, um, a representative is one who can exactly present the viewpoint of Sri Vyasadeva. Then he, that's end quote. Contemporary online culture seems to encourage faithlessness. Everyone is a guru and no one is a guru. The importance of parampara seems to be less and less appreciated. Would you like to say anything more about the absolute necessity for submissive faithfulness to genuine spiritual authority? Thank you. Well, I've said a lot about it already. <laughs> That's really the, 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 you know, throughout this first par- this first chapter, I mean, Prabhupada really, I mean, just think that he's coming to America. He's got these people who are not taught in this way whatsoever. And, and somehow or other, you know, the idea of taking these people, uh, taking, as he put, the the bird analogy of taking crows and turning them into swans uh, was, a, was his, his, his Paramahamsa, right? It's a, a hamsa. Is a, it's really, it's a goose, but it's, anyway, it flies over the Himalayas, a high-flying <laughs> hamsas. And so these Paramahamsas. So that, that's, that's what uh, we're, we're, we're trained to do. And so we're going... Uh, uh, I mean, if you see that 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 dev- there are devotees who are becoming more and more uh, ab- absorbed in Krishna consciousness and and uh, and uh, and uh, developing it and, and making it their own and and uh, pushing it on and uh, then and the other thing is going worse. Then you notice that there's a divergence. And things are getting what people call polarized, uh, and that that seems to me to be what what would happen uh, when Prabhupada came. Uh, there were people who were potentially devotees uh, or, or inclined in that way, and there were people who were very demonic. And now it's sort of like two camps. The, 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 those, those who are demonic are getting more demonic and those who are more godly are getting more godly. 
I think that's what's happening. Maybe not even just with us, uh, but but with others also. Uh, uh, that that uh, yeah, it's, it'll come to something. And Prabhupada even said that uh, to me once. Therefore, there should be a war. You know, when the when the demons fight the demons, who wins? But if one side is godly and the other side is demons, then it's a, it's it's Krishna conscious. Vijay Krishna Prabhu asks: Is this related to one one five, where I find the translation saying, "quote and offering a seat of esteem to Sri Srila Sutta Goswami"? My question is: Why is it that it is regularly seen that spiritual leaders like Srila Prabhupada, the Pope? the Dalai Lama, and others are treated with esteem and great respect. Is it because they have valuable offerings to distribute? Is it that esteem and respect are the keys to open their hearts in order for them to bless us? With what blessings? Uh, they're, they're treated with esteem because one should recognize them as very valuable people who can help us saintly persons. Uh, uh, and treating them with respect as far as their blessings, well, uh, you know, if, if, just in an ordinary situation, if, if you're a teacher and you have something to teach, any subject matter, and there's one student who's rude and nasty and doesn't like, stays away and, you know, doesn't, and the other one comes up to you and, and says, can you please teach me? I'm eager to learn. Let me, you know, uh, here, let me, let me get you a place to sit down. And I'll, I'll, and you sit and you listen attentively. Because, I mean, that's what, what attention means, paying respect. Uh, they teach you. So that's just a, that's just a natural... Thing in, in any circumstances that, that that between a good student and a bad student. Vijay Krishna Prabhu continues on this idea of the student. And he says, um, also related to one one five, where I find the purport saying, "quote But this should not be done in a challenging spirit." He says, nowadays it is common behavior from the students to offend their teachers not only verbally, but also physically. What is the root cause for this disrespectful behavior? Meat-eating? Among other things. <laughs> the four regular principles being broken. Intoxication, meat-eating, gambling, wagering, It sounds as if Srila Prabhupada is saying in the purport to 116 that outreach, writing, teaching, etc. is not optional for spiritual progress. You've often given yourself as an example of this, that regularly giving morning classes helped you in your own life. Would you care to comment any more on this and how we can create outreach opportunities in our own lives? Yeah, it, it it did help me, you know. I I I, uh, I I entered into a temple, 
And because I was a little older than most of the people, and I had uh, some university degree, uh, and, and so on, uh, I ended up fairly quickly, before, way before I was ready, to be a, a temple president. And uh, I had to give class. Uh, and when I f first came there, people would tell me to go out and preach. We, we went out on the streets, uh, and uh, the, we would uh, be on the street corners, and half of the temple would chant, and the other half on the four corners would distribute magazines. And we were told to preach to people, and they just said, and don't speculate, just, you know, what, what you've read. And there was pressure. Uh, to, to both to both uh, learn uh, give them some spiritual knowledge uh, and uh, so what I did is people asked me questions when I was a brand new devotee and practically had to you know was like uh, if you ha have a t t want to have a dog learn how to swim you just take a puppy and throw him in the water <laughs> that's what they do <laughs> And so we were thrown in the water that way, and you do was like uh, sink or swim, and and, and so uh, they said me not to speculate. People asked me questions I didn't know. I would say, "Look, I'm new here, but I'll I'll, I'll remember your question, and if you come tomorrow, I'll, I'll I'll ask and see what the answer is." And then when I get in the the Sankirtan band to go back to the temple, I'd have a list of questions that I didn't know the answer to. And so that was very good. And then fairly soon I had to start giving class, not to speculate. And so that really made me, you know, read ahead and read other things and study very carefully. And then uh, uh, at first we had some tapes of Srila Prabhupada's lectures on a reel-to-reel -reel, uh, machine. And then when cassettes came out, you know, we had the, that was a big revolution because we had more of Prabhupada that way. And as soon as a new book would come out, we would all like grab and devour it. So that, that's how we were eager to learn. And because you had to teach, uh, you, had, you had to uh, teach when you were out on the streets on, 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 on Sankirtan. You, ha you had to, peep when people came for the Sunday feast, and we had programs every evening. People would come. Uh, you had to teach. So it m made you learn. And uh, it was very effective. And with especially, and don't speculate. So I was always going to people, what about this, what about this, what about that? You know. Tosi Priya asks, what are the effects of hearing from someone who preaches from the Vyasasana but who is not spotless in character, following the regulative principles? Does Shastra act on the hearer in spite of the speaker? If so, then what does it matter if the speaker is spotless or spotty? Uh, we, don't, we don't really uh, do a big test on people that sit down, and it turns out that sometimes some of the Leaders in our movement were not spotless, even though they were sitting on the Vyasasana and giving classes. Uh, I assume some good things came through, 
But some devotees have had to sit down and wonder about everything that they've heard on the from the Vyasasana. You had to do that too. So, you, you know, you you surrender with your intelligence, but you don't surrender your intelligence. That's the difference. So you should also maintain your intelligence. And if somebody is saying something that seems to contradict what uh, other people have said or what the the books say or what Prabhupada said, that's a valid place to to question. And if they just shut you up, you should find somebody else to listen to. Uh, Bhakti Impala, she asks, Related to Akendra Prabhu's point, Ermila Mataji once made the point that every community needs a sense of us and them. If we don't go out and see non-devotees as them, we will start creating thems within our own community. Can you please comment? I think if you were in a position where there were no non-devotees and everybody was a devotee, uh, I, I don't think that's harmful. <laughs> Uh, you you can, uh, yeah, uh, under the present circumstances, okay, you can see yourself as different from non-devotees, and that's fine. But I don't think you have to have that in order to have, co- to have cohesion with devotees. You know, uh, I, I, I don't know the whole c- context of this quotation of, the, of what she's supposed to have said, but that seems to me that it's... Uh, Sometimes it could be good to, to make you appreciate devotees more uh, and, and to stick with them, but uh, I don't think it's a necessary condition, even though sometimes it may be helpful in some circumstances, especially when there's only two us's and 15 them's. <laughs> Shivananda Sena Prabhu asks, this is relating to your earlier answer regarding your experience as a new bhakta. How do we maintain the spirit of inquisitiveness and humility even when we have been reading and practicing the philosophy of Krishna consciousness for some time and supposedly already, quote, understand the philosophy? It should be as you get deeper and deeper into Krishna consciousness by following the principles that your Krishna consciousness should be increasing and then you can take some uh, book that you read five years ago in Krishna consciousness and read it again now and see things you didn't see before. So there's an unveiling that way. Uh, there's the, the uh, 19th century German Lichtenberg who said a, a book is like a mirror that, uh, that if an uh, ass looks in, uh, uh, no prophet's going to look out, <laughs> you know. So, so it depends on your own consciousness, and it should be increasing, uh, so that uh, uh, yeah, you'll see things. Uh, just like I, you know, I haven't read parts of this Bhagavatam in a long time ago, and like uh, it's to me, it's in some ways like uh, it's fresh. It's new, and there's things I hadn't noticed before uh, about them, uh, because it is like a mirror. Uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if I'm an apostle, uh, you know, but uh, anyway, 
maybe an ass looking in, but it's um, getting better at being a, a human being anyway. <laughs> if not yet an apostle. Just a few quick thank yous and greetings. Uh, Tulsi Priya and Devi Dasi says thank you for her, your response to her question. Kendra says thank you as well. And uh, uh, Shakti Prabhu says, Hare Krishna, thank you for a very nice class, Guru Dave with uh, folded hands emoticon. <laughs> and Deva Dharana Devi Dasi up in Albany, she says, this is my humble basis, dear, dear devotees, Hare Krishna and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Glories to Srila Prabhupada. And Shivananda Prabhu just says, thank you as well in response to his questions. So. All right, you're all welcome. Thank you very much for coming to the Bhagavatam class and I look forward to having time with you again Next chapter, what happens next? <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai.